Good morning, Mercy Road. How are you guys doing this morning? Yeah? Man, it is so good to be with you all. My name is Nate, and I'm one of the pastors here on staff, and this is actually my second Sunday here, so if you are new, I'm new as well. Yeah, thank you. Got some people uh, that love us that are here this morning, so I'm so excited about that. And hey, if you're joining us online, which is mostly my mom, uh, welcome to you. We are so glad that you can join us as well. But it's so good to be with you all, and I look forward to just getting to know each and every one of you. A little bit about us. I'm married to Shana, who's going to be coming on the team as well um, here at Mercy Road. And then we have three kids, uh, Ava, who's almost five, and Nathan, who is three, and then little Miss Sage, who is three months old. And that's our home. And yeah, just really, uh, really cute kids there. Uh, I didn't have much to do with that. That's all their mom. But uh, we're just so, yeah, so grateful for what we get to have as a family. And me and Shana oftentimes talk about how did we get here? How does it feel like we just blinked and then we've got three kids? Uh, and we're like, what happened? Well, I think we know what happens. But Uh, You have to come back for our Song of Solomon series that we are starting in two weeks, and maybe you can have three kids as well. We're going to be talking about that. Uh, But man, we are so glad to be with you all. And, uh, you know, I have to say we are coming out of a season in our home uh, that has been a challenging one. You know, it really starts all the way back to around this time, actually, next uh, last year where we had a retreat that was planned. And so we went up to Chicago and dropped the two older kids off with my mom and dad, and um, the plan was for us to come back to go trick-or-treating and pick them up and then come back to Indiana. Well, when we went up there that evening to pick them up, we went and did trick-or-treating. Little did we know that my son would develop some sort of allergic reaction where he couldn't breathe, and then we would end up spending the whole rest of that evening in the ER with him. So we leave that, and we get home, uh, figure that out. We get home, and then a few days after that, Uh, We found out that we were pregnant, which was awesome. We're excited, celebrating that. Two days after that, my wife also tests positive for COVID. How about that? I'm like, positive pregnancy test, positive COVID. I'm like, go buy a lottery ticket right now, uh, since you're just winning at everything. If being positive was a thing, she was winning at it. And it just launched us into this whole year that we had no idea we were about to go into, where it just felt like it was one thing after another. And a couple months after that happening... We ended up out of nowhere just experiencing this huge, major conflict that blew up in one of our close relationships, going into the holidays. So that was just painful to go into that with this heaviness that we were feeling. And we come out of that um, to then um, soon after that, going, showing up for one of our ultrasounds with the baby, only to find out that, man, there's something major going on here, and we're not really sure what it is, and we'll have to do more imaging to find out what's going on. And so... We just have this moment where we're like, okay, what is going on here? It just feels like it's one thing after another. And then another month or so after that appointment, we show up again to the doctors. Now that we've just kind of wrapped our minds around what we're dealing with, they say, hey, actually, we found another issue as well. And all of a sudden, it just felt like life just stopped. We had never dealt with that before. I know some of you in the room as parents have dealt with that, but this was new for us to have one of our children uh, be going through something like that. And by the way, they're in the womb and you can do nothing about it except for just wait and worry and deal with all that anxiety that's going on there. And so we're processing that. And soon after that, uh, me and Shana end up going through um, what to this day in our ministry life has probably been the most painful thing that I have ever walked through. So we're still dealing with that. And during that time, too, by the way, it's my birthday, and she's driving to go pick up a surprise for me. 
And I get a call from her that our van broke down in the middle of the road. So I end up spending like four hours or five hours on my birthday sitting with her, waiting for a tow truck. How, how about that for a birthday? And it just felt like one thing after another, after another. We just kept having all these hits that were coming. We move on from there, and we have the baby in July, and we're celebrating that. And then a few weeks after that, my uncle just died unexpectedly. And I just find myself at this place where I'm like, okay, God, why, why is this happening to me? I don't know what's going on here. All I know is that I am feeling overwhelmed right now. And I feel like I am in over my head. I don't even know where to begin. Have you ever had times like that in your life before? Where it feels like life is just going on. It's just a normal day. Or maybe you just show up to a routine appointment just to get some news that absolutely stops you dead in your tracks. And all of a sudden, it feels like the entire world around you is falling apart. Or maybe it is a child that you have and they end up experiencing something that is so... Um, difficult and just big to even begin to wrap your mind around that you just feel stuck in this moment and you feel that you're just in way over your head. You know, I spent a lot of time thinking about this text and what it is I should share today. And I felt like I just coming back, I just kept coming back to this idea that there's somebody here in this room that needs to hear this and needs to be reminded today as they're looking at the world Whatever it is they're facing, maybe it's just the economy, maybe it's just the news around us. Have you watched the news lately? It feels like everything around us is being shaken, and somebody in this room needs to be reminded of this truth today, that when you find yourself in over your head, that God still has you in his hands. When you find yourself in over your head, God still has you in his hands. Pray with me. Father, we are expectant, God, for what you have to say to us today. And God, I just pray and ask that as we open up your word, God, would you speak clearly to whoever needs to hear this message that you have them in your hands? Father, would you allow me to just step out of the way and would you just speak boldly this morning? And would you allow us to receive the word that you have for us? It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we're going through this series in the book of John. In week one, it was Pastor Josh he covered chapter 14. Last week, we got to hear from Pastor Jeremy, who talked about how we can experience intimacy with God and know him on a personal level. And this week, we jump into chapter 16 of the book of John. So go ahead and open, open up your Bibles to that. And when you get to chapter 16 of John, it's a part of what we call the last discourse, which what's happening in that moment is that Jesus is sharing some of his very last words before he heads to the cross. And he knows what his disciples are about to walk through. So he's doing his best to prepare them for what's to come. And that's where we pick up in the story. And if you're in here today or listening online, wherever you might be, and you're listening to this, most likely you find yourself in one of three categories of people. You might be somebody who's walking through something right now, whatever it is, the situation. It could be your health. It could be your work. It could be your marriage. It could be whatever it is that you are walking through right now and you find yourself in that season where you are absolutely in over your head. That's the first category, the first person that maybe is hearing this today. The second is maybe somebody like me who just came out of a season like that and you're still kind of recovering from that and looking back on it. And then the third category of person listening to me this morning is probably somebody that you might not realize it, but you are getting ready to walk into a season like that. 
So I just believe that this word this morning is applicable to all of us, no, no matter where you might find yourself this morning. And what I really want to do is look at this text from the perspective of the disciples. Because I was praying about this, and there's so much in this chapter, and I, and I encourage you to read that later on. And there's so much about the resurrection and the Holy Spirit and what it means to live in this day and age where we are living between the resurrection and Jesus' second coming and what that means for us. And there is so much that I could talk about, but as I prayed through this, I just felt like God kept telling me, you need to make this personal because somebody in this room needs to hear that message, that God has them in his hands. So we're going to be looking at this through the perspective of the disciples. So we jump into verse 1. And Jesus said, I've said all these things to you to keep you from falling away. They will put you out of the synagogues. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think that they are offering service to God. And they will do these things because they have not known me nor the Father, but I have said these things to you that when the hour comes, you may remember that I told them to you. I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you, but now I'm getting ready to go away. So what is Jesus talking about? He is talking about a time when he leaves and what is about to happen to the disciples, that they are getting to face persecution like they have never faced before. And he's doing the best that he can to prepare them for this, to say, hey, guys, I know all these things are about to come. And your world is going to be absolutely shaken and you're going to be rocked through this. And you might find yourself in over your head. But when that happens, just remember that I already predicted that these things would happen to you. And he's trying to offer them hope and to prepare them in the moment as best as he can. But look at what happens again. Look at their response in verse 5. He says, but now I am going to him who sent me. And none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. And the response that they have is absolutely normal. It's how every single one of us would feel. Because think about that. Put yourself in their shoes. They have this rabbi that they've been following around for three years who taught them so many things. And they got to see him do some miracles whenever they needed help. He was right there with them. When they were caught in the middle of a storm on the sea and they were afraid that they were going to die, that he was able to come in and to calm the storms and he was always there with them. And now he's telling them, I'm getting ready to leave you. And by the way, when I leave you, your life is about to get a whole lot harder. You would be feeling exactly the same way that they feel, overcome by sorrow. Which there, it just has the idea of there's this, there's this fear, there's this anxiety that is just so overwhelming for them that they find themselves in over their heads. But what I love is what Jesus does. He doesn't step in and say, shame on you for feeling fear. Have you not seen what I can do the past three years? Were you, were you not with me when I calmed the storm? Did you not see all these miracles that I performed? Jesus doesn't step in and shame them. Jesus steps in and he meets them right where they are. And I just love that about our God, that he is a God who meets us right where we are. And he is a God who feels and knows everything that you are going through today. God knows exactly where you are. And he is willing to meet you right where you are today. No matter what it is that you're walking through that has you feeling overwhelmed, that has you experiencing fear, maybe your anxiety, God wants to meet you right where you are today. And that's what we see Jesus do here. And he connects with them. And I just want to say this, that sometimes in Christian circles, we oftentimes um, 
can feel, can, can feel or act like we can't experience any emotions. That sometimes we say, well, the people that are really the super spiritual people are those people that might be walking through something really difficult and they just have it all together. And I can tell you from my experience as a pastor that I felt that way as we were walking through just this past year and everything that was going on and you've got your daughter and you're not sure what's going to happen to her, what her quality of life is going to be and all these things. And I felt like I had to have everything together because, well, I'm a pastor and I'm a Christian and I need to have all these things together. And can I just say this? Your faith does not make you a robot. Your faith does not make you a robot. And you don't need to be one of those God is good all the time Christians. If you don't know what I mean by that, it might be you, but I think all of us know somebody like that, right? It's like they could be going on and it's a hot day and, you know, their car breaks down on the side of the highway and they're there like, God is good, right? Or maybe it's the AC goes out in their house and they are just sweating in there. It's like, cue the fake smile and God is good. He's got it. And guys, your faith does not make you a robot that it is absolutely okay to declare that God is good and to believe that with everything in you and to also say at the same time, I am walking through pain right now that has me hurting. And those things don't make you less Christian, they make you human. And I just love that Jesus steps in and he just meets them right where they are in that moment. But I also love this, that Jesus meets them where they are and yet he's also willing to challenge them and to remind them of truth. So if you are walking through something that has you in over your head, number one, stop and evaluate your perspective. Stop and evaluate your perspective. And here's what I mean by that. Jesus says in this moment, he says, um, I have told you all these things and sorrow has overcome you, right? But he says this, none of you have asked me where you are going. So all they are focused on in the moment is Jesus, you're going to leave us. What do you mean you're going to leave us? And oh, by the way, we're going to experience all these things. What do you mean by that? They are looking at the same situation. They're looking at the same thing, which is Jesus going away. And yet Jesus is looking at it from a completely different perspective. Because here's the reality. They are fearful for their lives and the suffering that they're going to endure. But here's what Jesus is seeing in his absence. He's seeing his absence as him going to the cross where he would hang on the cross and he would bear their sins and the sins of the entire world. And not only that, but he would go from there and go to the grave and he would conquer death and defeat sin and walk out of the grave victorious and rise from there where he will get to declare that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. And then he would go from there and ascend to the Father and sit down at the right hand of God where he is saying, it is finished. All that there was to be done for your salvation, I have completed it, and I am seated at the right hand of God. And from here, I will send you a helper who will come, who will empower you, and you will do things that you would have never imagined possible. That's what Jesus means by him going away. And yet they are so focused on, what do you mean you're going to leave us? So can I maybe just challenge you, if you are facing a situation right now that has you overwhelmed, to stop and to evaluate your perspective because here's the reality is that God is absolutely sovereign in our lives. That I just believe that as Jesus declared, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto him. He actually meant that. And he is sovereign. And yet somehow in his infinite wisdom, 
that we cannot even begin to comprehend, he somehow sometimes allows for us to walk through certain things in our lives that are going to be hard, that are going to be painful. And we tend to oftentimes look at the world through the lens, look at our situation through the lens of the world. And we live in a world that only values ease and comfort. So the minute that anything is hard, immediately we say that that thing must be bad for us. But Jesus just reminds us here that he looks at things so differently than we do. And so what is the perspective that you are looking at your situation that you might be walking through today through? Are you looking at it through the lens of your faith and saying, yes, I am experiencing hardship right now. And there is loss and it's difficult, but maybe also in the midst of that, you are also experiencing growth and you are also experiencing gain. That some, sometimes God allows for your life to get hard to make you holier. So can I maybe just encourage you to move from asking why? Why is this happening to me, God? Why have you allowed this to happen? To begin to ask, what is it, God, that you are doing in my life through this situation? Because you consider the cross and the world would have looked at the cross and seen failure, seen a leader who was defeated, who was tortured and killed and all these things. And you and I look at the cross and we see where our Savior bore our sins and we find hope and we find a future in the cross. And you look at every single one of these disciples that every single one of them, except for John, would be put to death for their faith. And the world looks at that and they say, man, what foolishness, what loss. And yet Jesus says, when you lose your life for my sake, you will gain a life that you will never lose. That you get to enjoy a life that you could have never even began to imagine when you lose your life for my sake. So what is the perspective that you're looking at your situation through? Are you just focused on the hard and how awful it is? Or are you also stopping to say, God, what are you trying to teach me in the midst of the situation that I might be walking through right now? And Jesus just reminds him and he just says, none of you have even asked me where you're going. And it's so funny in our house, we begin to see like our kids, different personalities, right? And um, my son, he's the ultimate hype man. So it doesn't matter what you're doing. He doesn't need to know anything. He's, he's there for it. And my daughter, she tends to be a little bit more of the, hey, tell me where we're going, and then I'm going to go. So a lot of times what will happen is I'll, you know, come up and I'll say, hey, guys, put your shoes on. We're going somewhere. And my son will drop everything that he's doing, will put his shoes on, and he's standing by the car ready to go. And then my daughter's usually, you know, watching something ashore or something like that. And I have to, like, keep saying, hey, put your shoes on. We're going to go. And she'll sit there until I say, Hey, we're going to go to the trail or to the park or whatever, to her favorite store. Then she drops everything and she puts her shoes on and then she's ready to go. And I think there's a little bit of that happening here that Jesus is just telling them, like, if you had any idea where I was going, man, you would drop everything that you feel right now and you would get excited about the des destination that we are going. So are you stopping to look at what God might be doing in the midst of what you might be walking through? Can I just challenge you to maybe evaluate your perspective when you find yourself in a situation that is in over your head because what God values the most is our growth into the likeness of Jesus. And he might be in the midst of what you're walking through trying to do something in your life through that. So move from asking why to asking what and number two, persevere, don't give up. 
persevere, don't give up. That there's just certain things that God wants to teach you a year into it that he can't teach you a day into it. He's going to teach you some things a year, two years, 10 years, sometimes 30 years into it that he might not teach you in a day. So are you persevering and continuing to stay the course for what God wants to do in your life? Because it's just natural human nature that whenever we find something that is hard, it is so easy for us to just want to be done with it. I want to run from this situation as fast as I can, but sometimes it's through the persevering that you begin to see the work that God is trying to do in your life. And I know for me that there's just certain things that God taught me through this past year that I walked in that I wouldn't have learned in a day. And it took staying the course and just continuing to lean in and to lean in. And you find yourself two months, three months, six months into it. And sometimes that's what it takes for people that are really stubborn like me to get to the absolute end of myself and to find that God is enough even when I'm not. So are you, are you persevering in what God is trying to do in your life? And I love what James writes in James 1. He says this, count it all joy when you, when you face trials of various kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness or perseverance, as the NIV puts it. And he says, as he says, and let steadfastness or perseverance have its full effect. It means go the whole way and allow for God to actually do the entire work that he's trying to do in your life. So can I just ask you this? Are you trying to rush out of what God might be trying to do in your life through this season that you're walking through? Because it's so easy for us. Some of us are really good at stuffing. I'm one of those guys. That the minute I begin to feel something that is unpleasant, it's so easy for me to stuff it down and say, well, let me just put on a face and just go on to the next thing. Or something bad happens and it's so easy to just reframe that and be like, well, yeah, you know, this happened, but did you really know that, you know, this was a positive because of this fill in the blank, whatever that might look for you. Some of us, as I like to call, are masters at the escape room when it comes to our emotions and to feel everything that we might be walking through. So maybe are you trying to do that with what you might be going through? And God is saying, I want you to stay the course. I want you to persevere, to not give up. And when you feel that you have reached the end, where you can't keep going anymore on your own, that's when I will step in and show you what I can really do in the situation that you might be walking through. So persevere. Don't give up and keep asking God, what are you trying to teach me through this? And sometimes you'll ask that question and it still won't make sense to you because I know that there's some things in my life even that have happened that still just don't make sense. And that's why we have to move from asking what is God doing in our lives to asking who is God? Who do I know God to be? And I love that in this text that we're looking at here, what is happening is that Jesus is getting ready to go face the hardest thing that he has ever faced, the cross and the torture that leads up to that. And then as he hangs on the cross, as he cries out, my father, why have you forsaken me that all the anguish of the world and the sin of the world hung on him in that moment. He's getting ready to go face the most awful thing he has ever faced. And yet in that moment, he is so focused on his disciples to help him. And he says, hey, I've said all these things to you to prepare you so that you might not fall away. Guys, that is the kind of God that we serve. That even in his most awful, most difficult moment, he still has us on his heart and he wants to make sure that he's providing us with the help and with the guidance that we need. And so you might be facing something right now in your life that might not make sense to you. 
and that's why it is so important, as we talked about even last week, the idea of knowing who God is, to really not just know it up here, but to know it here in your heart. Who is God? And as I was walking through this season over this past year that I had to sometimes just stop and just remind myself, okay, what am I facing here? What has me so worried today? And who is God in my life? Who has he been? And I began to look back on my life and just began to realize, man, he is faithful. He has never let me down. He has been so good to me. He's done more for me than I could ever ask for or wish for. He has done far more in my life than I could have ever imagined. And that's the kind of God that he is. And when you begin to realize God's goodness and his character, that it allows you to realize that God is writing a far better story in your life than what you might write for yourself. So number three, choose to trust God's character and his promises. No matter what you're walking through, trust that he is in fact good and that he is in fact for you. And the story that he's writing in your life might not look like the one that you would have written yourself because I think if we all had to write our own stories, we would make it easy and pleasant and fun and abundant all the time. But sometimes when we go through these hard situations in our lives, that's what God uses to do something far greater, to bless us in a way that we would have never even imagined possible. So choose in the midst of what you're walking through to trust God, trust his character, and trust his promises for you. And here's who God is. He says this to us in verse 33. This is Jesus speaking, and he says, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace in the world. You will have tribulation, but he says this, take heart, because I have overcome the world. Do you believe that, that our God has overcome the world? That he is absolutely sovereign and that nothing in this world will happen to you that he is not allowed to happen in your life. But if he's allowed that, and he is good, then it gives you peace in the midst of the storm that you might be walking through today. And that's what it means to know deep down who our God is, that no matter what storm I might be walking through in this life right now, I can begin to experience his peace, his joy, his strength in the midst of the storm that I am walking through. That's who our God is. So go back to July, and we end up having our daughter. And uh, we have our daughter, and we have to wait 24 hours, which felt like an eternity for her to be evaluated and imaging done and all these things to figure out what are we actually dealing with here. So it just feels like everything stops around you and time is just moving in slow motion, right? When you're going through something like that. And so they end up evaluating her and we think that we're going to know what's going on within the day, but they tell us, no, we've actually sent all the results to somebody else to a specialist that you're going to have to go see. And so we have to wait three more weeks after that. And we show up and um, we show up to this appointment anxious to find out what are we dealing with. So this doctor comes in and we do all the small talk, getting to know one another. And she sits down and starts to read the report and says, you know, here's what we're dealing with. And this is a condition that affects, you know, this many kids and 2000 or whatever it is and shares some stats with us and all these things. And uh, then proceeds to say, actually, we think that given her condition, that she will actually end up having a fairly normal life. One of the major issues that we had seen later on, um, after the initial issue that we found, was absolutely gone on its own. Can we just praise God for that, that our God does that? He does miracles. 
Yeah, one of those issues was just gone on its own. And with the remaining condition that we were dealing with, she says, actually, given this, stop all the treatments that you've been doing, and you can come back and see us maybe a couple times a year, but your daughter can eat normally, she can do sports, which is one of the things we really cared about a lot, being athletes ourselves, like, is she going to be able to do whatever? And like, no, put her in sports, let her lead a healthy, normal life. Your daughter is fine. Praise God. Man. But just looking back on what we went through and all the anxiety and all the worrying that I had about something that I could do nothing about, yet God stepped in and said, I can actually do something about it. So maybe you're here today and you're just going through a situation where you might feel helpless, like you can't do anything about the situation. Can I just remind you to hope in the Lord that he can actually step in at the right time and work a miracle in your life? Maybe it's just that child that has wandered far away from God and is making foolish choices right now that you feel so helpless. You so desperately want for them to come to know Jesus, and they are not. They keep heading in the opposite direction that you want for them. God could step in at any moment and change that child's heart. And can I just remind you to continue to hope in the Lord that whatever it is situation you're facing that has you feeling like you are in over your head, God still has it in his hands, and he is good and he is for you. And I just want to leave you today with this, just a simple promise that for me became my cry as we walk through the season that we just walked through. And it's not my words, but this is actually directly from scripture. So what I want to do is just allow for you to receive this promise and this word today. And then we're going to worship here in a second. And this is a promise here from Romans chapter 8. And it's one that if you are walking through any situation, I would just encourage you to spend some time here. There's so many promises, but this was one for me that I just kept coming back to. Romans 8 and worship team, you can come on out as well. We're wrapping this up here. And it says this in Romans 8, 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. So what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. That's who you and I are. Jesus says, I have overcome the world. And because I've overcome the world, you can experience peace. Knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors. I just love that so much. Through him who loved us and who gave his life for us. And then I just love these last few verses here. It says, for I am sure, Paul says, I kind of think, he doesn't say I kind of think, he says this. I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And all God's people said, amen. Do you believe that? That's what God has to declare to you this morning in that situation that you might be going through where you feel you are in over your head and God says nothing can separate you from my love. Even when you feel that you are in over your head, 
I have still got you right here in the palm of my hands. Let me pray for us. Father, we thank you for who you are. And God, we thank you for your word to us this morning. God, I don't know who is here in this room or listening to this online right now who might be walking through a situation where they might be feeling hopeless right now. God, would you meet them right where they are? God, would they begin to experience your peace, your joy, your strength in the midst of the situation that they might be walking through? And then, Father, I pray that you would step in and remind them of truth to shift from asking why to begin to ask what are you doing in their life given this season. And maybe, God, you might be refining them through this season, teaching them to trust you, teaching them to hope in you. And God, would they ultimately experience who you are and the amazing love that you have for them and God, that you are for them and whatever it is you have allowed in, your, in their life right now is not for their harm. God, that it is for their good. May they experience that today, I pray, wherever they might be. And God, just help us to trust you. Father, we thank you for being faithful. We thank you for being good. And we pray all these things now in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen, amen.